0: Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel? That hasn't already been said dozens of times in
1: police reports. Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the Hey now. Yes!
0: Welcome to the big show. We're gonna come out of the box. Um, I was going over some statistical stuff uh, um, in in all of sports. And uh, and I'm going to tell you the stat um, that most amazes me. Um, It'll never be done. No one will ever do it uh, again. A few things. um, But anyway, the quiz is who is the greatest centers to play in the NBA all time? So, I, I have you know the top 50, but the, who are the greatest centers to play in the NBA of all time? So, of course, the first first and foremost is who is the greatest center to play of all time? Paulie, who's the greatest center to play in the NBA of all time?
2: Wilt Chamberlain, no question. Uh, Bill Russell. Um, okay. Josh. thrift Shrimp.
0: Deathrift Shrimp. <laughs> Death <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> Uh, I would go, I would go with Chamberlain. Um, and, and of course, in this poll, it is for sure Will Chamberlain. Now, many people have said in defense of what you had to say, um, <clears throat> uh, that, uh, Russell won more titles than Chamberlain. But, um, Will Chamberlain has the record for most rebounds in the game against Bill Russell at 55. 55 rebounds in one game. Chamberlain scored 100 points in one game, which I don't think will ever be done again. I don't think anyone will come close to that. He's the only player to ever do it. But that's not the most amazing statistic that I ever heard of. This is mind-boggling to me when you think that he had to cover Mike and he had to cover Russell in all those battles for titles. And back then, you were only allowed five fouls in a game, and you were out. Will Chamberlain, in his entire career, never once fouled out of a
3: game. Never one time. But doesn't that but doesn't that maybe speak to the fact that he, he might have you know I mean he wanted his points, he wanted his stats and he didn't win titles. I think like if you're wor- if you're less of a team player, does that make you a better player overall? I think Bill Russell's the more complete player here.
0: Well, you're saying that, but but again, um that would be like saying if Michael Jordan played for a lesser team and didn't win his titles, he wouldn't have been the greatest basketball player to ever play.
3: I, I don't know. I think, well, okay, consider... that's yes, exactly what you'd be saying. Mm, I, consider it like the, the self-aggrandizing... like, like is, 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 Russell, is Russell Westbrook the best the best player in the NBA?
0: Google it. No. No, I don't think Russell But Westbrook. But he
3: averages a triple-double two seasons in a row. Yeah, I think
0: he's a great player. I don't think he's the best player. If you had to start a team, would you take... Curry, Russ, uh, uh, Westbrook, LeBron, I mean, there's a number of guys. LeBron, it's no question. You take LeBron, so then
3: why are you asking me? Because, like I'm saying, statistical, like LeBron doesn't lead the league in scoring, he doesn't lead the league in rebounds, but he's the best player. So I don't think, like, you know, so like 55 rebounds in a game, I think that's, I, I don't think that's as impressive as, as Bill Russell taking your team to the top.
0: Okay. Well, well, Again, so we didn't say who the best team was. We Let's said kick his the ass, greatest, Daniel. Let's the, go get him. Let's get the him. greatest center of all time. So let me read you this quickly. Okay. Anyone who thinks Chamberlain wasn't the greatest basketball player of all time, not just center, simply hasn't checked the numbers. Bill Russell, who supposedly had Wilt's number, managed to hold him to ready forty points, twenty-eight rebounds. That was his average against Russell. He averaged forty points and twenty-eight rebounds against the your greatest center of all time. Okay. Um, He also averaged 12 assists. Um, He had uh, a triple-double for his entire career. His entire career, he had a triple-double. Every game he played, he had a triple-double. Every single NBA, not to mention, they didn't count block shots back then. Had they counted block shots... He had quadruple doubles in over half of his game, which means he averaged blocking 10 shots or more a game. So when you think about that, you think about that they didn't keep that stat and count it. But you can't say he wasn't playing D if he's averaging 10 block shots a game he's going after people when they come into pain well, I and he never found out of a game
2: block shots back then was a whole different world though you know when hes, Granted, when, he's, when, he's seven, against...
0: when he's seven two and he's the biggest guy I get it I get it but still you can't say he wasn't playing D if he's blocking 10 or more shots a game which by the way if he's if he's averaging 10 block shots that means he's got to have games where only block five so he blocked 20 in another. I mean, that's a lot. Let's anyway, move
2: along, because at this pre- rate, uh, this top ten list will end in 2027. <laughs> well, no, but,
0: well, you know, it's, it's mesmerizing material, isn't it? <laughs> no, I like this. I it's love top tens. Number two center of all time.
3: <laughs> Paul, Paul is just ready to argue and watch people number, argue. Number, radio. Number, number two center of all time.
4: Kareem. Mm, that's where I'd put Will Chamberlain.
0: You'd put Chamberlain? Yeah, Behind too. Russell. So you have a Russell, Okay.
4: You keep looking at me. I, I uh, K- sure Kareem. I'll go with Paulie on this
0: one. Yeah, Kareem is the number two on this on this chart. Uh, I think that the fact that he had he's had the most points of anybody in the NBA, and he he also put uh, some touch into playing with the skyhook. Yeah, he and, was a
2: finesse center.
0: Yeah, he was he was a finesse center for a guy his size. Um, ironically, if in today's game, I was to pick a center to start on my team, I would take who this poll voted as number three. If I had to take a center all around, because when Chamberlain did what he did, there weren't a lot of other seven foot guys on the court. So, and granted, he was a monster. I get it. But if you put Wilt Chamberlain in the league right now, he's Juwan Howard. You know what I mean? He's he's, he's another well built seven foot tall guy. Um, but the number three is my greatest center of all time. And it is.
2: It, Bill Russell's not third. Wait, what? Yeah. Come on. No, he's not. Come on. Who made you're, this You're going to say Shaq. No, I, I know who he would say. He would say uh, Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Akeem Elijah. Oh, Elijah yeah, Elijah you do love Akeem. Akeem, 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 Akeem one. One. I forgot <laughs> about
0: this. Akeem Olajuwon is, 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 in my opinion, he's got the most well-rounded, greatest center that ever played the game. I've never seen a big guy that could do the things he did, that had his touch, that could rebound, pass, could run the floor dribbling it. I mean, I think he was the greatest. Well, maybe I should say, statistically, for sure, he's not the greatest of all time. But to me, if I was in today's game to pick of this group of guys, he'd be my guy that I would put in
3: the middle. I would
2: put Russell third. You'd
0: put Russell third. Manute yeah.
3: you, should put, you should put that. <laughs> 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 I
2: love that. You you should put him first, but that's okay. (laughs) If you haven't Googled obscure basketball centers so you can blurt out names for us. No, I like,
4: Manu Ball's not on the list.
2: Uwe Blob.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Vlade Diva.
2: When I went went
0: to school at Ball State, (laughs) uh, Indiana had a center of this German kid named Uwe Blob. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. No. What was his name? Yeah. Dude.
3: Uwe Blob. That is a a -A -A
0: U-V-E-B-L-A-B. Check it out. Read, read, I, read I, I believe stats. you.
3: That just sounds like a movie villain name. Yeah.
0: Read. <laughs> t- tell us about
2: him. Read his stats. Uwe. Yeah, he averaged like two points a game. No, he was good at Indiana. No, oh, in Indiana. Oh, at Indiana, he was good. Yeah, Brian Reeves was good in college. Too. Seven foot two. He's from Munich, Germany.
4: Played uh, Indiana till '85, and then went first round, 17th overall, to the Mavs. Played till 1993. Uwe
2: Blob. Uwe Blob uh so we're at four now of uh the greatest
3: no he still hasn't said oh yeah who he still hasn't said was, russell you said well chamberlain
2: well, the
0: the list here as voted by oh, oh, oh. is chamberlain kareem and uh uh elijah mm-hmm. now who's number four if it, it's got to be russell there's russell okay, okay. thank you no you're saying russell i'm not saying that's the answer oh okay and you're, you're, you're back Manute with the-
4: Bull. You're going back Was he a center? I Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seven yes. foot six. No, he played guard. He's <laughs> <laughs> a shooting guard, actually. Where does he make those? Uh,
2: who's your guy? Oh, man. I'm torn now because I'm stuck in the 80s, 90s era now. And there's Ewing and Robinson and Olajuwon. Jakembe Mutombo. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> am, I getting, am I
4: right? Am I getting names right or not? Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're you're it. You. Thank you. You're killing it. Thank you. Uh, I would go
2: Patrick Ewing. Wow! So
0: the answer is Shaquille O'Neal. Oh yeah. Now, now, and I look at that, and I just I I get the physical dominance of his size and everything. I didn't even put him in the conversation of the top six or seven. I mean, and I love Shaquille. Well, he's
2: definitely in the conversation. He of the top five centers of all time. He yeah, he manhandled people. Yeah.
0: He, he, he was, yeah, he was a man child for for sure, but I, I didn't see, he didn't do any of the other things that I think that these said, other guys- He said, how's
4: my ass taste, for God's sake? There you go. Here's how it tastes. As <laughs> Remember I sh- As when...
0: I show the video. I show, I oh, turn this it is, yeah, this is you. This up? is
4: Shaq falling in your lap. Shaq
0: in. Dives in to see the doctor. There he is. Gives big him hug. a nice big kiss in the air. <laughs> and you were like come a little on, tiny baby. baby in his arms. Yeah, I was. I was I was a small child. Yeah. Ready? We're going to vo- play it. We're going to play it while I talk. So. Yeah. Robin Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> when, Shaquille, when Shaquille gets fouled and he's in the paint and he crawls across and jives in someone's arms, he knows who to come to. Mm-hmm. He knows who to come to. He knows. <laughs> So, so no, uh, actually, number five is Bill Russell. Number five is Bill Russell. I think I would probably kill that, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, number,
4: si-
2: is- number six? Who else is on this list? Number six? Uh, Mike David, get Robinson? Get David Robinson? David no, Robinson. Ro- David Robinson. David Robinson. The mailman
4: delivers. No, it's Carmelo. No, Carmelo. The mailman <laughs> delivers. <laughs> David Robinson. What the the Admiral. Admiral. The
0: Admiral. The mailman delivers. <laughs> Stockton to Robertson.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, Patrick Ewing would be number seven. All right. I, he list. definitely. Uh, and you know what? Now, I'm older than you guys, and I got to see this guy play, number eight. And I'll tell you what. On the offensive boards, I guarantee oh. he's still – tell me. Moses. Moses Malone. Aww. Moses Malone was a beast, man. <laughs> yeah. He was a beast. He really was. Uh, also, Tim t- uh, Duncan is oh, – Yeah. Yeah, Tim Duncan's nine, and George Mikan is is ten, and Mikan, again in some ways like Wilt, when he played even be- he played before Wilt, there was no one his size, so it was kind of a. Do you ever see one flew over the cuckoo's nest? No. When they tell him put the ball in the basket, Chief, and and the, yeah. and the Chief just drops in the basket because he's seven feet tall.
2: Uh, <laughs> let's go to break. And we're Tim come- Duncan. Before we go to break, Tim Duncan is probably. The one of the most
3: underrated players in the history of basketball. He has that thing where do you consider him a power forward or a center? <clears throat> he's not. He's was less, definitely a center. He's less positionally anchored, though.
0: He was pretty dominant, man. And you know what? When, when you can say that, you know, when you win in in New York, L. A., Miami, Boston's a pretty big city, but when you win in San Antonio, mm. you know, I mean, I got to tell you something. It's hard to put a team together like that and keep those guys there. Because you're not going to make the shoe deals, you're not going to make the endorsement deals, guys. I, I remember because I have I had a home there and I lived just outside of San Antonio, and I would see Tim Duncan go, "Hey, it's Tim Duncan. Come down to Reggie's Wrench It," you know, and they had like a special on on tools for, and that's the best ad you can get in that town. You know, you you can't get the kind of big market stuff where you're you're you know supporting and lending your name to a big hotel chain or doing whatever. It's not about that. So keeping those guys there is a real testimonial to the front office and their coaching staff.
4: Caller 5 right now for ESPN. I just said, this show? Read the read the
2: script that's in front of you. It's wow. a live Why am
4: I reading this for Brent X's Cause show? Because it's a promotion
2: for Brent's <laughs> show, you dummy. But read you it. you hand
4: it to me like it's the most important thing ever. You Because
2: ha- someone spent money on it, you dope.
4: Read it. <laughs> How long have
0: you been in radio? Paint substitution. Go ahead. Now playing Power Forward. Oh my God.
4: Go ahead.
0: Listen to On the Block with Brent Axe. And what's the... Oh, I like that. Axe all. I like it.
4: Axe all this month.
0: Listen... Wow, are you you couldn't read it yourself.
4: <laughs> now you're going to read it for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. I may not have done great We with tried Listen, I'll get you both in the paint. I get you both in the paint. Listen to On the Block with Brent, Brent Axe all with this month. Listen to On the Block <laughs> with Brent Axe all this month. Be caller number five when prompted to call, and you will win a free haircut from Sports Clips on Brewerton Road in Cicero. From Sports Clips on ESPN Radio Syracuse.
2: Tonight, the Mets start a three-game set with the Atlanta Braves. Noah Syndergaard on the mound for the Amazons' first pitch at seven o'clock here on ESPN Radio ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one.
1: This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now,
0: (laughs) yes. Do we have a
1: mystery call yet? Uh, Not yet. Holly God, and I are
4: fighting over everything today. What the hell is going Sam on? Sam says it's it's pre practice jitters. Pre practice yeah, that's, jitters. That's, that's what is that, is that
0: what we're feeling here? Yeah. Now you see how cool as uh, a cucumber I am. That,
2: <laughs> it's got nothing to do with basketball. It's a guy who's been in radio for oh. 10 years, doesn't know what he's
4: <sighs> doing. The bombs do that are basketball. flying. Sports clips. We are, love mm. you, sports clips. Thank you for the giveaways on Brad's show. So I like that he said. We're talking
0: about my brother Alec, who just FaceTimed in to see the zoo crew in here just going at it.
4: And, uh, he did. He interrupted our argument.
0: <laughs> I like how he said, "My agent told me not to get involved. Don't engage."
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's so full of crap. But he immediately—he's like asked, engage the engagement king. I know, right? He immediately you asked where his get. guy was, asking where Polly the yeah, mole. Oh, was. you're gonna the about that? It was,
0: No, you know what was great about that? Is he says, name? where's my guy? And he goes, what's his name? <laughs>
2: <laughs> all of them old. It was like every girl that ever slept with him. <laughs> where's that great? Oh, yeah, what's his name? <laughs> That's so classic. We got a call yet? I don't know, but Josh has a live read that he needs oh. to read at least. Excuse me. Oh, you're going to do it now? Let me
4: try, let me try it again. While right, we're killing time here. Wow. I guess I suck. Listen huh? to the Daniel Baldwin Show all summer long. Be caller 10 when prompted to call and you will register for a UPS happy hour party. For your office at Shaughnessy's Pub. Why would you put a period in there? For your office at Shaughnessy's Pub in the Marriott, Syracuse downtown. This month's party, not possessive, is May 18th. Brought to you by UPS and ESPN Syracuse. Okay. Let me see that. Hold on. We got the caller. Here. Let me see that. We got the caller on? Yeah. Caller guy.
0: Caller guy. Are you there? Hi.
5: Hey! I want to say, t- today's uh, today's program is brought to you by dazed and cl- confu- Glazed and Confused Donuts. Yeah <laughs> True.
2: The Glazed, glazed and,
5: and Confused. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm in a time warp. Now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: gotta All right, I got to tell How's you my something.
5: Mole doing? How's my mole doing?
2: How's the mole? The mole is doing great.
4: My mole is there, baby. It's my
0: the mole. mole. <laughs> People have moles <laughs> removed, I want you to know.
4: Oh, I wish Ooh, this one would get removed. Yeah.
0: Uh so I got to get right to this with you uh because
5: Do we really have to get right to it?
0: We have to get right to it? <laughs> you, 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 you need a little foreplay? What do you need? What do you need a little, no, t- little you're tickle? So rough. You don't <laughs> even ask your brother <laughs> yeah. how he's doing. I just <laughs> talk to him, so pretending like we were talking all day. Uh uh so so I get this I I this alert from people you know saying to me that there was some controversy that Rob Schneider was talking some smack talk about you and of course that makes me immediately feel very defensive you know because you're my brother and so on so then I got yeah. to the bottom of it and I read the stuff that he wrote about you on SNL and your impression of Trump and blah blah so I decided that I wasn't going to be quiet and I tweeted this You have attacked my brother while many have had loyalty to SNL and its gracious hosts you, for no reason, have set an all-time low in disrespect. Of course, you would never do so to any of our faces because you're a pussy. So, that was... Oh, my-
5: okay. <clears throat> well, you know what happens is, first of all, this brings out this tribal kind of elemental thing. You know, my brothers and I would all be beating the crap out of each other. But if a person walked by and said something rude to one of you, my brothers, we'd all go beat the crap out of that person. We'd be like, I dare you say that to him. Right. You know, while we were smacking the hell out of each other anyway. But, um... The listen, I mean, this is a this is a landmine because everywhere you go now in social media and even in mainstream media is the opportunity you get invited to act out. You get invited to respond. Someone baits you. They say something ugly. They say something stupid. They say something unexamined. I have spent 30 years. This is exactly an example of what I'm I'll tell you what I'm about to say now. Is, is, is the unfortunate result where you wind up explaining yourself. Like one thing I might do is say, hey, man, I've spent 30 years of philanthropy, political activism, the environment, campaign finance reform, reproductive rights for women. I mean, I have been presidents of organizations and on boards. I mean, I, I've done more in a month than some of these people have done in their entire lifetime. And yet in one day they want to trip, and you fall down the stairs and they all laugh at you, and you know, blah, blah. That's the world we live in today in media. I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Rob Schneider whoever. This is what happens now, which is this is how they get attention. This is how you get attention. This is how you get headlines. There's, you have this kind of gunslinger mentality where you take on somebody in the public forum and you shoot your mouth off and sound like an idiot, by the way. and And, and by the way, I've done it too, where I've responded to people and embarrassed myself. And, and all I say to myself is, you just have to ignore these people. You have to ignore. And what's, listen? What's more painful in this world than to be ignored? I mean, it's torture for them. This, this is why they do it. They, they 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 say things about me. They say things about this person. They say things about people <clears throat> who are a thousand times more important than I'll ever be in the, in the political discussion and the cultural discussion. And and they take them on and spit on them to get attention. And I, I'm a fan of Rob Schneider as a comedian. He's very, I'll never take away from him what he tried to take away from me. Or Alec isn't funny, or whatever. I don't know what he said, and I really don't care. I mean, another thing is, don't you think I have things that are 50 billion times more important than to respond to this crap from someone like that? Yeah,
0: but no one's criticizing you for responding because I don't have that much to do. I responded.
5: <laughs> no, 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 no. I appreciate that, but what I'm saying is, is, all of this is an invitation to, you know, to act out. You know, everything is this cycle of. Michelle Wolf does the uh, uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner, and now it's days of this echo chamber of uh, attacking her and defending her. And to me, it's like I I look at the news now and I go, where is something here that can enrich me in some way? Where is a fact? I scan my Twitter feed for news and I say, what is the United Nations Development Program doing about plastics pollution in Southern California? You know, whatever. What is going on that I can learn? I mean, because there's nothing to be learned there. Michelle Wolf was invited by the press, by the White House Correspondents Association, the host. They knew who she was. They knew her style. They knew what the program was. They knew she gets up there and she, you know, dribbles people's faces on the on the table for about a half an hour. And then she's done. Then she sets the three and she goes home. Now, the whole idea being that was a surprise to him, this woman... Was excoriated, or I forget her name, from the from the White House Correspondents Association, and apologized and were sorry because she's an idiot. And then then you're done. Then you close your Twitter feed and realize that the woman that runs the White House Correspondents Association is a completely incompetent moron to to, to attack this woman who you invited. Hey, let me tell you something else. I talked to the White House Correspondents Association uh, last year about Mitt Romney. And I wound up doing a quick – I'm talking about an under-five-second throw. We shot it at SNL, and they cut that – me not even dressed as Trump. They cut that into the, the, the program. But there was a discussion about me coming on as Trump or me even showing up and hosting as Trump. It was a very brief and not very uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, important discussion. But very quickly, those guys said, we don't want that because we don't want to really bait him. It's just too on the money. You know, when they were right. But, you know, the idea that they're going to have somebody come and say incendiary things about American political life. And here's another P.S. Democrat or Republican, the other thing we find about the times we live in now is that when has respect for what goes on in Washington, both parties, ever been lower than it is now? When has respect for City Hall in New York ever been lower than it is now? When has respect for the governor of New York in Albany ever been lower. People don't care. They, other, they, they have no faith in government to solve their problems, very little. Yeah, and and, and so, the, so the idea of someone getting in there and snapping these people around for an hour or so or a show that does that, you don't think these people deserve it? They deserve it now more than ever. The government is a disaster in every way, in every way. The efficiency we should expect from them, the jobs we should expect from them, the commitment we should expect from them, everything. We've lowered the bar, lowered the bar. The bar is in the dirt. The bar is on the ground. You step over it.
0: It's a sandbar. Right
1: it's now, under the water.
5: Right now, Washington, it's a disaster. So when 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 Michelle Wolf comes and does her thing, which is a very popular thing, by the way. She's got a lot of fans. When Michelle Wolf does her thing, and then this woman from the uh, uh, WHCA decides to spit all over her, I want to go, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. I mean that's that's something I, I read on the news. I get that. Rob Schneider, not so much. Not so yeah. much. Bro, Rob Schneider Bro, says. Uh, but, but by the way, maybe what, what Rob Schneider is doing, and I'm not knocking this. I'll finish with this. I'm not this, But maybe what Rob Schneider's trying to do is he wants to get cast on Roseanne.
0: Yeah, Rob Schneider. Rob <laughs> Schneider. Obviously, Adam Sandler has stopped calling Rob Schneider. <laughs> See, so that's the problem. Adam. Adam, <laughs> Adam, maybe, maybe Adam maybe lost, lost his to, cell phone.
5: He realizes that the way.
0: You, take him you realize call? That, 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 <laughs> uh, he, he,
5: that, that maybe the way he's going to c- launch another round of his career. And remember something, Daniel. You and I both know this. I don't begrudge anybody that. I don't begrudge anybody that, whether they have a wife and a family, or a husband in the and a family, what have you, and, and they've got bills to pay. I don't begrudge anything anybody does to try to make a living in kind of a decent way. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's like appealing to some right wing, you know, Trump hugging people to uh you know yeah listen i I, cool. I, I, I i get cool. i get what you he was do doing on my back That's cool i get i'm I, happy i'm there for you yeah I'm happy
0: I'm I, for I, you. I i i he wrote me a bunch of ims which i won't read on the air apologizing wait, 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 wait.
5: so we don't want something so what you know, yeah. know what we should be talking about right so that, just you just stop
0: stop 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 you just hit it on the head so now you're what about you mean,
5: to a favor? i want you to make an announcement. Tell them about award.
0: Yes, I know all about it. I <laughs> announced it on the morning oh, show, and I'll do it here. We're going to play a quick round of so what that you're included in. Do you have time?
5: Uh,. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, How does the game play?
0: Game is played. You're going to be read something that's going on in sports or in the world, and you can either say, so what? Like, I don't even demand moi si you care. Or you get to turn around and you get to say why it's not a so what and then validate the reason why by by speaking about the subject. Ready? Let's go, John.
4: Cowboys tight end Jason Witten is set to make about $1.5 million a year, but as of yesterday, Monday Night Football has offered Witten – Four point five million dollars a year to be a commentator on Monday Night Football. <sighs> not a so, not a so what?
0: Not a so what? I say you take the four or five and get out. He's a legend in, in Dallas. Why would he want to risk yeah. it for yeah, what? Those Dallas is going to win knows. the Super Bowl.
5: Yeah, why risk uh, getting hurt and getting? Uh, you know, he can uh, go have a nice, uh, have a nice cocktail and have a nice meal and do a TV show and get a big check and go home and take it easy. Go he's ahead. already proven he's a great football player.
3: What else? Yeah, Sam. No, not, not a so what? I mean that's guaranteed money. You don't you don't even get that in the job you have now. Right. Not, not a so what. Not a so what?
2: Not a so what take the money and run. Yes. That was a stupid yeah. one. Take the money. Take LeBron
5: the money. James, Kyrie Irvin. Let, me, and, ask let yeah. me ask you something. Let what would you do, Moe? Mo, what I, I
2: would you do? I would take $4 <laughs> $4.50. <and> <laughs> <laughs> I would take four Everybody fifty in a Diet Everybody.
0: Coke. Because <laughs> you're damn right you would.
4: <laughs> you're damn right you all would. All right, next one. <laughs> LeBron James, Kyrie Irvin, and Kevin Durant topped the 2017 signature shoe sales, meaning they've sold the most of all the players this year. Yeah, so what? Beating so. out Jordan. Did they more in Georgia? Wait, wait, wait. Who, who sold? Who LeBron sold? James, Kyrie Irvin, and Kevin Durant are all the top uh, shoe sellers this year. They've sold the most shoes.
5: So I couldn't give a damn about that yeah. Yeah. merchandise. That's so you got to say what? it. So, so, what?
4: What? So, what? <clears throat> so what? So what? So what? So what? Round around the horn. Go. And finally, a game-used bat by Babe Ruth has been sold for $282,325.
5: That's big time. I think it's not a so what because in that memorabilia thing, that's a very serious business. Man, I know people that have made a lot of money in That's money. It's like a, it's like buying and selling a, a Kandinsky. That's true. Or a Paul. It's poly. true. I mean, it's true. Are, especially big market, big market,
0: Especially you know? if it's been used <clears throat> in a game, which is why I have a several a collection of my condoms.
5: <laughs> that are, that are, game used condom. It's funny you say that. <laughs> <clears throat> it's funny you say that. <clears throat> Yeah. I have a I have a I have a copy of a uh, uh, of uh, a Dan- I have a copy of an old Daniel Baldwin arrest report. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, I, I, know, autograph? I know people that have wallpapered the, their the bedrooms with
2: those so that doesn't really
5: I've mean I got an arrest report of Daniel Baldwin in some town some upstate town they got it for <laughs> something but boy, I'm going to sell that for
2: a few hundred bucks. <clears throat> I, I have a question for the Baldwin boys. Have yeah. you guys ever kept something from a movie or a TV show that you guys did that you think now might be worth something?
0: Yes, I have a couple of things. Well, I mean, not compared to Alec, but I have, uh, uh, I've been offered a lot of money. The coat I wore in Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, I kept. Uh, and when I showed up at Sturgis for the first time, I wore the coat. And, you know, it's... It's not the same when you do a cult film that's that singularly identifiable because it's the only time the words Harley Davidson have ever been lent to a film. I thought it was just another crappy movie that I did. <laughs> well, I showed up at Sturgis mm-hmm. and a lot of those guys, that's like their, their Bible, that movie. So immediately I started getting offers for the code. I've held on to it, but I got offered six figures for it. Big Al, what's your biggest uh, memorabilia thing that you held on to in a movie?
5: Gosh, I guess, uh, I mean, it doesn't mean anything to me, but I see in terms of what other people, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I don't take that stuff very seriously, but I think that I held on to the brass balls that I had in uh, Glen Gary, Glen Rock. Very oh, nice. nice. Wow. I've got the brass balls from Glen Gary, Glen wow. Rock. Yeah. I
0: have a shirt, you know, but, I've uh, never. I'm, I'm, I'm,
5: I'm going to run, but here's what I want you to do, Daniel, please. If you don't have to, if you don't want to. Tell him the Dodd-Johnson story against the side of the plane for Harley Davidson. You want me to tell that story? First. I'll tell that story. We're <laughs> going to Tell him the story. All right. Thank- when I hang up, tell him the story, guy. Okay. It's I'll a tell him the le- story. It's a classic. It's
0: legendary. All right. We're going go well, to go to break. Thank- Mo- that's my brother, Mo- Alec.
5: Is Moe there? Yes, I'm
0: here.
2: I love you, Moe. I love you, <laughs> <laughs> I love you Stay too. Mo. Stay Moe. Yeah. Stay Moe. Okay?
1: Bye. I love you, Alec. <laughs> 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 I Love you. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. Find us on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com, ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440
2: a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. It's always great to have your brother on the show. He's like great. We bonded. He. Uh, <laughs> you guys are. You guys are pretty tight. You guys
4: man. Yeah, are closer oh, he, than I am. It's I <laughs> so great,
3: says the guy who you guys, always
4: gets that love. You guys, you're you're closer to him than I am, for God's sake. You think Alice can invite Polly down to the house this summer? Uh, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> little weekend. Watch the movie when he goes. You can have my wife. <laughs>
2: uh, he um, he told you to tell a story for us. Okay, so here it is. So we're shooting Harley
0: Davidson the Marlboro man, and it's it's been a difficult shoot because. Don Johnson and Mickey Rourke, my two co-stars, are the good guys, and I'm I'm the the bad guy. So, and I got a crew of bad guys, and there's been a lot of testosterone going back and forth. Um, Don and and Mickey and I had what's called um, tied amenities, which means whatever one of them gets, everyone has to have. So we of course have these beautiful motorhomes, and uh, they weren't good enough for Don. He didn't like it. So. He wants one of those uh tour bus things that the rock and roll guys go on. Now, I'm a schmuck from Long Island. I'm not from any money or anything else and this is one of my first big movies. So I turn around and I and I and I say, Well, you know, they were nicer than this. This has got a kitchen and a bedroom. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's pretty nice, right? <laughs> right, right, right? You know, it's got you can drive it around and I uh, said, so, Yeah, man, this is this is nothing that sucks. So Don gets the Charlie Daniels band has just stopped their end of their tour. So he gets one of the, like Charlie Daniels himself's sure, sure. Uh, um, bus. So then, of course, Mickey goes, where's my Charlie Daniels band? So they get another one from the tour. And these are like, you know, I didn't realize it. you can spend a million dollars on an RV. Are these not are, cheap. You know, oh, Italian marble. Wow. Mm-hmm. and ball. So they get one. And of course, when they bought the second one, they went, well, you got to get one for Baldwin. So they roll up in this thing and this is nicer than any house I've ever lived in. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Nicer than any house. My right, you know, right. father was a school teacher with six kids. So they roll up in this thing. I get in there I'm like, I'm afraid to sit on stuff. It's like white, fluffy furniture and this shag carpet. and So about four days into it, I hear, <laughs> this drill thing going off and I go, what the hell is that? So I look up and there's a, a crew with one of those boxes that lifts you up in the air. You know when you're working on the power lines, like a cherry picker thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're on top of Don's bus, cutting a hole in Ooh. the roof of the Charlie Daniels bus and putting on a retractable, movable satellite dish because Don didn't like. The way that he was getting his TV, and so now this is, and this is back in early '90s. So technology is way different than it is now. Mm. So they put this huge giant channel-ish. dome <laughs> thing, yeah. and they're drilling holes in the metal and bolting it from the inside in with plates and all this stuff. So, of course, Mickey goes, "I hope you bought two of those, because you know, that's." That they start hacking up Mickey's bus. Now these are these magnificently beautiful buses. buses. So Bob Weiss, the producer of the movie, who can't stand on. Knocks on my door and I said, "Yeah, come on." And he comes in and goes, "If you tell me you want a satellite dish ball, and I swear to God, I will kill you." I went, "No, no, bro, I'm good with the reception. I'm cool, you know. I'm like, keep keeping pretty quiet. It's yeah. pretty early in my career, and I was never really a dick like that, anyway." So, um, anyway, needless to say, there was a lot of tension on the set, you know. And and, and Don was um, uh, coming off of Miami Vice, and it was a big, big show, biggest in TV. He was a huge star, but he wasn't a movie guy necessarily yet. And Mickey and I were movie guys. So and movie guys are a little less pretentious usually. Um and and and, and I got along really well with Mickey. I understood him, you know, and I knew where my, my I was on the totem pole. So now in the movie, one of the jokes of the film is that Mickey can't shoot a gun. He's Harley Davidson, but he's afraid of guns and he's kinda of spazzy with it. And Don's this cowboy marksman, he's the Marlboro man. So I have killed more people than the Terminator in this film already. I've gunned (laughs) them down right in front of their mothers. You know, I'm this psychotic killing machine. Uh, So we're getting to, we're at the end of the film. We're at the Davis-Monthan Air Force Base with the Pima Air Museum where there's thousands of these cool old, you know, military jets and helicopters and stuff all lined up in these rows. And Mickey and Don, now they've stolen all this money from my boss. So Mickey and Don both know where the money is. One can shoot, one can't shoot. So I've got a Steyr Aug Austrian machine gun, full throttle, and I blast Don in the shoulder and he drops his gun. I'm out of ammunition. I take the Ruger Redhawk 44 caliber Magnum. I pin him up against the plane. And I put it underneath his neck to his jaw and I say, we can do this fast or we can do this slow. Tell me where the money is and we do it fast. So he says, it's a good day for dying. Let's do it slow. And then... Mickey jumps out from behind a plane and it's a Mexican standoff. I've got Don's back pulled to my chest with a gun to his head and Mickey has to take the shot. So we're going to shoot this in pieces. So we do the, you know, I machine gun him, I come up, I do the thing. And Simon Winsor, the director, he, he directed Free Willy, Far Lap. He's this beautiful, you know, very, very spiritual, chilled out Australian director who had no idea what he was getting into doing this film. These guys have tortured this poor man the entire film. So he turns around and it's good day for dying. We do all the coverage and Simon's, <clears throat> so all right then, mates, to the nice shot, we're going to turn around and grab you right over here. And Mickey's going to come out with the gun. And Mickey, and the next thing you know, go, Don goes, hey, hey, Simon, I want to do it one more time. I want to do it one more time. And he's staring at me. He says, I think this time. When I say it's a good day for dying, let's do it slow. I'd spit in Baldwin's face after I say it. So, of course, I look at him, you know, Don Johnson, no offense, is a little bigger than you, Polly. And, and uh, the only way he would ever get away with spitting in my face is because we were doing a film. But it didn't make any sense for the character because I'd have shot him and gone after Mickey who can't shoot. So, you know, I was not in, in character either. Would that be, It would be a total breach. And I said, you know, Don, I'm I'm not really sure that works character-wise, because I think if you did that, I would probably shoot you and just go, what, what? And I'm not even going to do it as loud. He's screaming, going, you're not going to shoot anybody, do you understand? I'm the star of this film. I'm the star of this movie. Now let's do another take. And and Simon doesn't know what to do. And he's gone semi-berserko. So of course, now I'm going to antagonize that. And I looked at him and I said, oh, I get it. You're a method Mm -hmm. actor. You need to do this to take you to that next place. Brilliant, man. I get it because I'm a method actor, too. And remember something. The only way you would ever get to spit in my face is because we were doing a movie. And you're right. You're the star. And I can't shoot you. But I promise you, if you spit in my face, I'm going to react and stay in character. Are you threatening me? I went, no, I'm just promising you that I'm going to stay in character. So if you need to spit in my face, do it. Well... It's a good day for roll cam, roll the camera. He's screaming at himself. So, Simon doesn't know what to do. He goes, All right, we're going to do one more then. He's like <laughs> quivering in the background. And they ramp it up and the cameras are rolling, four cameras, blah, blah, all the crews, all tense. And he goes, It's a good day for dying. Let's do it slow. <laughs> and he shows it to me, hocks one up, puts it on the end of his tongue and shows it to me and spits right below my eye. I immediately dropped the gun and punched him as hard as I could right in the face, slammed him in the jaws, head recoils back and hits the F 16, and he's out like a light. He goes down like a noodle. Mickey comes out, and Mickey turns. He's crack. He hated Don, so he's <laughs> laughing that he's out. Now Don had, you know, nine guys on his staff: security, chef, trainer, assistant, driver. You know, ridiculous. And so they're all saying, so, "Man, you you really hit him!" But I'm, I'm looking at him. I told him I was going to react, right? <laughs> so he won't come to work the next day. He refuses to work. He shut the production down. And the, this legendary producer, Bob Weiss, is like, so they bring in, uh, he said, if you'd like to have an attorney, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow in the trailers. I said, no, I don't need an attorney. I said, I already got, he goes, Daniel, if I was you, you know, he's not going to come to work. This isn't going to be pretty. I said, no, don't worry. I already know what to say. He said, okay. So they brought in a stenographer to keep records. Don's attorney's there and going, you know, and Baldwin, he goes, he hit me. He hit me. And I went, can I settle this right now? I'd like to settle this entire argument right now. Don. Do you really think I intentionally tried to hit you? I said, you improv the scene. You changed it. You said you were going to spit in my face and I told you I was going to react. But if you think I intentionally hit you, Don, of course I didn't do that. Now, I don't know if I threw the punch too close to your face or if you leaned in too far. But certainly, if you were going to add action to the scene, you should have had a stunt coordinator there to tell us what to do. So, in other words, I got away with a freebie, and his lawyer turned around and looked at him and went, did you change the scene? Are you the one that said that you wanted to spit in his face, and he told you he was going to react? He goes, yes, but he would." if I was you, I'd get back to work, pal. Oh. And he went back to work that day, and that was it. And you know the funny thing about it is, every time I see him, he goes, hey, man, how are you doing? He's, <laughs> he's the nicest guy. He's he the nicest guy. took him down. Guy.
1: Is that it for us? The Stanley Cup. Win and your name is forever etched in hockey immortality. The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup! Inscribed as a record of achievement. Engraved as a validation for victory. Score! 3-2 with less than a minute to go! Whose names will be next? Score! The NHL playoffs. Get all the news, scores, and highlights right here espn 97.7 and 100.1 this is the daniel baldwin show presented by del lago resort and casino wow hey now
0: all right so here's the gig we're on our way 12 o'clock at cam's pizza in cicero we're gonna stop by and see our guys over at cam's our sponsors great guys great pizza we're gonna stop in and grab a slice then we're heading over to the mellow center for the tryout for our new team in the three on three tournament, Punta Stella. Punta Stella is the name of our team. I like it. I don't know what it means, but I like it. Punta means tip, and Stella means star. So we're the tip stars.
4: Yeah, okay. I'm yeah, down. baby. I'm down with it. Yeah, baby. Sam, the man for tier, is going to be there trying out. Uh, I mean, yes, we got sir?
0: A, we got a, we got a lot. Got to represent of the Daily Orange.
4: Yeah, we got, got a, lot a lot of
0: people, people coming. Yeah, it's big. And you know what? There's only three slots open. Uh, And there's like seven guys trying out now, Mm -hmm. so there's going to be a cut.
2: I'm going to drop this as we go uh, in the show. Brent Axe said he doesn't try out. He says he's on the team. He's just on the team. Yeah, he's Brent Axe. I don't try out. Wow.
4: Way to start some controversy. The way
0: way, way it's kind of looking, um, I think uh, he's going to be hard-pressed. It's going to probably be he has to beat me out then because I'm figuring Max, uh, Eric, Sam the Man. And Sam the Man Stasiak are already on the team. So there's one spot open, so bring it, Brennax. We're all fighting
4: for that one final spot. Bring it
0: home.